Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Dungeons and Dragons podcast. This is your host for this week, Bart Carroll, along with Shelley Mazenoble. Today we talk with Bree Heiss, graphic designer, and Kate Irwin, art director. Hi guys! <laughs> Hi Shelley. What up? I am super excited about this. How long have we been talking about the podcast? Like you guys being on guests on the podcast forever. It seems and like in my forever. dreams even longer. <laughs> this is Bree's lifelong dream being realized. <laughs> yes. And Bart, just so you know, you are here to keep us on track because we have a tendency to go on tangents. I'm here to do the intro, and that's about it. That's oh. it. Thanks. Oh. Thanks for that. Uh, but really, we're very excited. I, I think that listeners will be really excited because, and I hope you guys know this, but when we see a lot of great feedback about the core rule books, which you are both deeply involved in, a lot of that feedback, sure, they talk about the rules and how awesome these new mechanics are and the, the fifth edition rule set is, but they also talk about how beautiful these books are and how gorgeous their books are laid out and how great the artwork looks and it's just like this whole new look and feel and the covers are super dynamic so i hope that you you do see that feedback because yeah and that it is, makes me happy every time i read that that's got to i mean yeah. i really i i i don't remember seeing so much feedback that's just directed at the art before with it, with any of our products that that we've had I mean, people have always loved it, but it seems like with the core rule books, people are really, it's really resonating with, with people. And I think that the Monster Manual is one of the most beautiful books I've ever read. I was going to ask, and for potentially new listeners, what do you mean by core rule books? The core rule books. Sorry about that. So the core rule books, we're talking about the Player's Handbook, we're talking about Monster Manual and the soon-to-be-released Dungeon Master's Guide, that these are all support the new edition of Dungeons & Dragons, the fifth edition rule set. Um, Player's Handbook and Monster Manual are out, and the Dungeon Master's Guide people will be able to find in shelves in December. But uh, we are actually starting previews here pretty soon. <gasps> I know, it's I'm, so exciting. I'm more excited than the people get... Good to see him. I'm just like, oh, well, when's it's like it going to be your work there? come to life? Like, what does this oh, feel like yeah. seeing it out there? We've been working on this for so long. <laughs> it's been um, about two years. Um, oh. a, a year of strategic stuff, and then another year of the tactical work. Right, I'm on the products. That's that's your role, yeah. the tactical. Yeah. Actually, we probably should start there with. Oh. I mean, introducing. Well, we know Kate Irwin, Bree Heise. But what are your roles? What are your titles? And what tell us a little bit about what you do here. Um, I'm an art director, and I'm the lead art director on the core books. And that means that I commission the art, um, although I had a ton of help from Dan Jellen. He um, gave feedback for all of the monster manual monsters, so kudos to him. All of them? That's, that's yes, a couple that's monsters. Yeah, just a, just a few. Just a few. Yeah, one or yeah. two. Um, it was over a thousand pieces of art for the three core books that were newly commissioned for these books. I have numbers also. What are your numbers, Brian? Um, so for the DMG, <laughs> I love numbers. There was three hundred and eighty-six individual pieces of art, not to mention the one hundred and seventy-four different watercolor splotches that the graphic designers created. For the Monster Manual, there was an outstanding four hundred and twenty-nine individual pieces of art and eighty-nine fantastical splotches. splotches. And uh, for the PHB, there was three hundred and seventeen pieces of art, and that's that's just what made it into the book. Not not um, counting all of the commissions. 
Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Okay. So what's your role in all that? I know you said I'm tactical, but what does that really mean? Yeah. So um, I am technically the lead graphic designer for the core rule books, but I share that title with Miss Emmy TNG, uh, my other half. She's also like awesome. tiny, amazing other half. Um, and what that meant for this, which <laughs> I, I wasn't quite prepared for at the beginning of our process was um, working with really closely with Kate and the, the R&D gentleman, Jeremy Crawford, and, and then eventually um, Chris Perkins as well to help develop a look and feel for the book and, and then actualize that look and feel across the team of graphic designers. So when you say work closely, you, you guys are not kidding because <laughs> we have actually seen you tucked away in a tiny little conference room with nothing but a basket of candy bars to keep you going. Yeah. That's true. A lot of candy bars. A lot of candy bars went into this book. <laughs> yes. We we are all great snackers, so um, there were plenty of, of things to keep us going yeah. uh, over the hours. But yeah, it was, I, I would say, and in review uh, of talking to other people, probably the closest collaboration across departments mm -hmm. that um, at least CAPS and R&D has ever seen. And, um, and CAPS is our creative yes, services team. Crea creative and production services, uh, of which I am a part of. Uh, and Kate used to be there. We miss her. <laughs> and, uh, and research and development on the D&D uh, side. I so. remember at one point it was spine design. Spine yes. design. Oh, that yeah. was an old term for CAPS. That was before my time. It I've was, only been yeah. here for about a year and a half. That's it? Yeah, BB. And while you really left your mark. I mm -hmm. did. Hi yeah. 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 Yeah, I remember peeking over your shoulder when you guys were locked away in one of the conference rooms and you were working on the Monster Manual. It was so good. It's just such a beautiful yeah. book. And then you're like, what a beautiful artwork. This is so. This book just looks so great. And then you like, are reading about these horrific <laughs> monsters. And it's like, oh, yeah. Well, That's right. The They're going to are... try to kill me now. Yes. Yeah, it's very – that actually – that is one of my most favorite products that we've ever produced here. Me too. Love it. So when you talked about the look and feel and like executing that or bringing that to life, so I can't even imagine where that process begins. I mean, there's just a vision, a collective vision. Somebody has a, like, where does this even start? And I mean, oh. part of it I know because I, but for our listeners, like, I think that my team comes in to it probably not totally. I don't know. Tell me where guys, it starts. Cause so, we are, well, it starts with you. It starts with brand, and yeah. and they have a vision for what they want from from a very high level. Yes, like um, they so they give us um, that information, and then we do a lot of research before we narrow things down. Right. So two years ago, we started looking at comparable books, uh, websites, just design that looked good. Um, we knew we wanted something that was very clean and con concise looking, um, easy to read, but we also wanted something that was kind of organic. We weren't going for um, a textbook kind of look. We wanted something that was kind of interactive with the, the graphics and the, mm -hmm. and the text, but still needed to be really easy to read. And so um, we did a lot of explorations. And at the same time, we were, we're, sure. we were working on the books. We were also working on the entire brand, um, new logos. Right. Uh, the trade dress. The trade dress for the covers and, and how that would be um, taken across however many platforms that, that we go into. And um, so there, 
there were a lot of a lot of threads that that were looking at at the same time, and so we we just called ideas, and then we would present them, and people would respond to certain things, and people didn't respond to other things, and so that kind of narrowed down our path, and then this is where we finally ended up on on this road, on these beautiful books. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Were the watercolor splotches presented as an element? Um, kind How of. How do they even come up? Like, we need something here. So, so I'm a I'm a big fan, and um, and I know Emmy is a big fan of this sort of handcrafted feel, right? right? Because we're both D and D players, and we we wanted a book that would be reflective of the immersive nature of D and D. And what better way to do that than to actually make something that is you know a little piece of you that you get to put into the book, and and it feels accurate for for that world. I think. Yeah, it does. It feels like a field guide kind of when you flip mm-hmm. through the pages mm-hmm. of the Monster Manual. Yes, yes, yes. Very, it makes me want to be a dungeon master. Me too, except this for... This is the first time that I've wanted to be a dungeon master really? too. Really? It always was really intimidating to me. And I feel like after this entire process that maybe I could do that. Yeah. I think you could. I would play that game. I would play that game too. Mm-hmm. Well, thankfully, the Dungeon Master's Guide comes out soon enough. Yes. So you'll get your chance. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, when you go into a new edition for uh, the visual look of, of the art as well as the book design itself, mm-hmm. is there sort of a balance you have to hit between we want to do everything from scratch and come up with a new visual look and feel versus there's a lot of history that we want to maintain as far as a visual style guide from the past? Like, How do you achieve that sort of, we know what it looked like before, mm-hmm. we may want to go down that road, we may want to take a left turn. Well, as far as the art goes, we we used a lot of artists that we've used in the past. Um, fourth edition, third edition, I think there are a couple that were even in second edition um, that we brought into fifth edition. But there are also a lot of new artists that we hadn't worked with before. And so um, Bree and Emmy's design actually, I think, gave the art, even the a more cohesive look with the way that they treated the art. We had um, we had certain parameters in mind when we were selecting artists for the book, um, and again, we wanted things that weren't too super digital looking, um, which kind of was a, a a nod to history, to the history of D and D and the history of art, mm-hmm. um, but. There always had to be something that was modern and forward-looking in what they were doing. Like, it wasn't uh, too too traditional, I guess. So the benefit of having uh, versions come before us, right, is that we've learned some things. Things mm-hmm. that we like, things that work, and um, things that we'd like to do better and get right. And um, we knew coming into the fifth edition that the rules wanted to also reflect that sort of thing. But we had a lot of artists, not one person can paint that many paintings. And and a design challenge, like Kate said, was um, making that look like a cohesive whole. Like you're not leaving that world just because the paint style is different. Right. That's true. I can see that. So what when you are reviewing this art... For mm-hmm. the possible inclusions in the core rule books, what is what are you looking for? And are is it like you art comes in, you're like, oh, this would be great for the the dungeon master's guide versus the player's handbook. Like, did are each mm-hmm. of the books 
distinct enough on their own, yet they 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 are very cohesive together. You know that they're yeah. part of to you know take a note from like Tim Gunn on Project Runway. They're clearly <laughs> part of the same collection. Yes, but they have a distinct feel to how the books are laid out. Or mm-hmm. do you is that part of it? Like I mean, I remember going down to your area and you have art just plastered, plastered on, on your walls. wall and we were looking at it together and you were like that's probably going in the in the dungeon master's guide and oh this one we're probably going to use here so when we commissioned it we knew um first of all brie had already done and brie and brie and emmy had already done um a lot of the uh foundation work for the books so we knew that they would each have a unique look okay um and still look like a collection right but um when I commissioned the art, I had a pretty good idea of which pieces were going in which book, because mm-hmm. um, there are certain things that you need to illustrate. Right, like we the knew classes that we had and to races do all of those. would obviously yeah. you need to, and have we those. needed to have yeah. backgrounds for each of those, and um, so we had we had certain ideas, but then there were other pieces that um, that were commissioned for, say, there were pieces that were commissioned for the DMG that were like we really love this piece and. You know, the player's handbook is the first one, and we wanted to show it, frankly. So we're like, we'll put that one in there and worry about the DMG later. And so when we got to the DMG, it was like, um, oh, I wish I had that piece sometimes. Yeah. But um, there was always something that was really great. Like I said, we didn't use every single piece that we commissioned either. There are still some pieces that um, hopefully we'll show at a later date. But yeah. but it was it was kind of like jigsaw puzzling, except yeah. that you had three puzzles that were all mixed together. Right. Kate, Kate being nice. Jeremy and I kind of teamed <laughs> up on her and stole stuff. Oh, Kate, well. this would go really great right here. Please, please. <laughs> that's really what it, yeah. No. Well, we've shown off the Modron March for the DMG, and that's one of my favorite pieces from the Me book. So that's a great one. It's yeah. A good one. I love that piece because... Um, there's eminent danger, but it isn't people yelling and jumping and screaming. And it's kind of it's, cute danger, though. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Modrons are like, just cute little guys. Yeah. So when you're, did we? We were talking about an art order earlier, mm-hmm. and that is essentially what it sounds like—an mm-hmm. order for a piece of art that you would send to an artist. Yes. Okay. So what what goes into an art order, and if you have examples of like a particular art that you remember working with fondly or commissioning. and <laughs> um, This process was a little different than the way that we normally do it. Normally, we give a lot more information to the artist when they start um, and, and kind of guide them a lot more from the very beginning. Um, in this process, we left things pretty open-ended. So like if it was... Um, uh, a paladin, we just said, a, if it needed to be a human paladin, we said, human paladin. And that's what they drew. And then they could have them doing whatever they wanted, but um, that was just an individual character that needed to be represented in the book. And they send in a sketch, we give them feedback on the sketch, um, and then based on the feedback, they either resubmit or they send the final in, and then we approve or or ask for some minor tweaks at that point. Um, 
But the, the very first step that we went through was to make an art Bible that showed what all of our races and classes were, what all of the monsters were. That was it's a, a huge process and a so half. it's not just the three core books and the starter set and the um, Dungeon Master screen. It was also first starting off with the art Bible that had all of the information that the artists would need and all of our partners too um, would need as they were making things. So um, there were some art orders that were a little bit more information, um, like one that um, that I was thinking of is um, when we were showing the barkskin spell, it was just an iconic elf ranger with the barkskin spell in combat. That's um, what you told the artist. That's what I told the artist. Okay. And then gave a description of what the spell was. And then she came back with the the character in and how beautiful it was. And then I like Brie took one. it in her hands and dropped it in the book. Yeah. So I get to uh, pull down the art and then we sort of incorporate it into the book. And each piece um, that is not a full page illustration has been touched by a designer. We have masked it so that we can um, sort of flow it into the art feel. I imagine also taking a page from Tim Gunn in Project Runway is I think of him always going, you have to edit your work. And I think mm -hmm. if I were in your position, my big challenge would be I would want every piece of artwork and all the splotches and a cool like parchment background and a border on every page. <laughs> like how, I mean, obviously text has to go there too, but <laughs> I, how do you really, how do you know when you're done? Like, okay, this page has just enough or not enough or how do you know? It's a very collaborative process. So I have sort of a vision in the back of my mind that Kate, Kate and I have talked about. And um, then I can go back to the designers. I did a lot of the work also. So I had um, sort of an approach that we talked about beforehand. We'd do big all-hands meeting. Um, and we'd show examples of what we're thinking about how to address the art. But ultimately, you do have to incorporate that text as much as I love right. the art. People are in it for the rules as well. So, um, but rules. this is where that collaboration, that really close cl collaboration with R&D worked really well because um, Jeremy uh, initially for the PHP and then Jeremy and Chris um, for the other two books were very receptive and they wanted art to be very important for that. So there are, there's sort of a hierarchy of information on the art side as well as on the, on the you know, rule side. Mm -hmm. um, so we wanted chapter starts to feel sort of like that break, little eye rest little fancier than than a half page illustration or something like that. Interesting. I rest. And we knew that there were certain things that would have to be in the book. We knew we would have to have sidebars. We knew we would right. have to have monster stats. We knew we would have to have tables, tons Lots of, tables. of tables. Oh, tables. So um, we had to figure out how those things would work and how they would work with each other and with the art before we began really putting the book together. So are either are you artists in your when you're not working? Or is this where you are? Yeah, I um although <laughs> since doing the the books haven't had tons of free time. Um but I, I like to paint and you do? I do a lot of hand lettering. Yeah. Okay. So. Is this your the style that you what what is your Yeah, I tend style? to be uh very Fantasy? loose. Yeah. Loose, lots of paint. Um I do some watercolor mostly, um, and then oil painting as well. 
Oh, neat. But I am not nearly the caliber that we have, have in the books. It's uh, more cathartic for me. Oh, that's good. That's good. Yeah. What about you, Kate? I'm more of a doodler, perhaps. Yeah. Again, once you start working with the people that we work with, it's it's hard for me to say I'm a graphic designer anymore because I've worked with Brie. It's hard you for me to say designed. that no, I'm <laughs> that I'm an artist of any sort after working with you're so people modest. like Cynthia Shepard or or um, Steve Prescott or Karen Yanner. They're just you are both artists. Awesome. I assure you, thank you're you, doing Shannon. what you do. You're definitely artist. Oh. But what's your uh, educational background? Did you did you go to school for this? Mm-hmm. I went to art school in Colorado, okay. um, and so I became a graphic designer. With the intention of becoming a graphic designer? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I went to college part one uh, to become a journalist. Oh. That didn't happen because I'm not super aggressive in that way, and I always found myself doing graphic design, um, even in that journalism vein. Like My favorite part was laying out the newspaper oh. rather than um, being aggressive journalist. Um and so, so I became a graphic designer. It's good. Um, I also, right out of high school, I went to the Art Institute here in Seattle. Oh, okay. And um, I, when I started, I thought that I wanted to be an illustrator. But then I got too intimidated by it, and I, I was afraid that I would never find work. And so it's kind of ironic now that I hire illustrators right? all the time. But... Um, so I went into graphic design. I went the graphic design route while I chose that while I was in school. And, um, yeah. And what was your path to wizards? How did you both end up here? Uh, I, my first real job was at Nordstrom where I did letterpress printing and, um, and graphic design, collateral design. And then, um, I got laid off from there. Nordstrom. I'll never still, go there again. No. Well, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> no, we both know <laughs> you're <Sorry>. kidding. <laughs> um, I'm kidding, too. Um, so then I started doing freelance stuff, and I got a call from a company I was, an agency I was working with, and they said, can you be somewhere tomorrow morning um, at 9 o'clock? And I said, sure, I'll go to Renton. And I brought my portfolio, and they said, here's your computer. This is where you'll be working. I'm like, don't you want to see my portfolio? Aww. It was during the Pokemon years. Oh, so okay. They needed they need people right away. Bottoms and seats, yeah. So that's how I started at Wizards of the Coast. Wow. And uh, as I said earlier, my husband worked here before I did. I met him, and he was an intern for Magic R and D. Oh, and eventually okay. that turned into full time ness. And um, it was actually during that campaign with Rob Watkins that I decided um, I was looking at my three five book and its non delineating tabs, and I decided <laughs> that I wanted to um, <laughs> wanted to become a graphic designer and work on a core book someday. Which really, is really weird to say. Um, little creepy yes and then shortly after that um actually that very same day nate introduced me to shauna shauna narciso yeah is that how you say mm-hmm. yes yeah. okay um, <laughs> and she had she showed me her meeting notes and it was just this beautiful hand-drawn typography uh, of things that happened in their day and i, I was like oh, i want to live here um she's <laughs> awesome at that she will take a, a funny quote that happened in a meeting and then like at the end of the meeting she has a big Beautiful. She has artistically. A little poster. Yes, she's mm-hmm. made you a little poster with. Um, and so that I, 
I want to say within a month or so, I went back to school and uh, started doing graphic design here. And then life happened, and we moved to Denver. And um, when it became clear that we were able to move back to Seattle, because this is where I am from, and uh, Nate has a lot of family and friends via Wizards also. It's kind of a... a point of contact for yeah. for a lot of people um, in the industry. We came back and luck had it that there was an opening for a graphic designer at Wizards and I applied and here yeah. I am. And you got to work on the core yeah. books. It's not very often that there are openings in the graphic design department. No. Or like, no. yeah. I mean, it says a lot. It, it was very odd when I, when I started. Like I said, it was very odd. Um, Pokemon needed a lot of people, but um, in the last 10 years or so, there's probably been four people hired. Yeah, not very many. So for potential future positions, for potential future candidates, mm -hmm. what would Wizards, as you know it, look for? What might you suggest for folks that are interested in getting into the field? What might they study? What might they practice on? What might they do to sort of better their chances? Um, for, well, definitely go to school, um, for illustrators or graphic designers. A lot of illustrators are self-taught, but that, um, I would still recommend, um, going to life drawing classes, taking, even if you don't go to college, take as many classes and, and be with as many other illustrators because that's how you're going to learn, um, the things that that you're not just picking up through the through the air and and by practicing, um, but school is always a great place to start a four year college or or um, something like the art institute. I don't know. Um, we we have a, a number of people from the art institute, yeah. at least on the graphic design side. There's no no wrong school. Yeah, yeah. It really comes down to the talent and and your desire. Yeah. And I don't know if this is true for um, the illustrators, but it's certainly true for the graphic designers. You have to be a self-starter. Mm -hmm. You can't um, expect someone to sort of give you on a plate what you're going to do for the day. You have to be able to take that initiative. Um, but above and beyond that, you need high concepting uh, ability. So in, in any day, and, and this project has been no exception, um, you need to provide a lot of ideas where things can go because the the brands are not fluid, but they're always looking for new ideas. Mm -hmm. um, and then beyond that, we, we work in a large team dynamic. It's not a, a, a siloed sort of thing, even though we do have technically siloed positions. We work, we work together. Um, and then beyond that, it's uh, if you have, at least for CAPS, a strong packaging portfolio, I know that they look heavily um, into that. And then uh, if you don't have a lot of packaging in your background, a lot, um, any sort of strong graphic design presence is, is relevant. So when did you start playing D&D? Oh, that's a long time ago. So it'd be about nine years ago okay. is when I started playing D&D. And I, I've played it ever since. Actually, I'm currently looking for a game. I'm really excited. Oh. Yeah. Or maybe we can help you. Okay. Okay. Um, I, know, <laughs> I know some people who play I know, yeah. yeah I know a couple people. A few people. <laughs> um, but we, the thing I'm most excited about is that we're doing the Adventures League internally. Yes. Which um, 
super jazzed about, especially now that I have time. I know. I know. Well, that you should also be very <laughs> jazzed about. Nice. Yeah. What about you, Kate? I know you play. Well, I um, I was first introduced to D and D by my cousin when I was like twelve. Oh, and I really just that story. The cousin, older cousin, the older brother. Yep. Yeah. Um, but really, I wanted to draw the character more than play the game because it seemed really confusing when she was trying to explain it to me. And there were just the two of us, so I was the only adventurer, and she was the DM. Oh, <laughs> so oh I'm like, oh, what no. do I do now? So, um, so it didn't start off very auspiciously. But once I got here, I got involved with the group. It was an all-girl group until some boy joined our group. Um, Affirmative action. Yes. <laughs> there's always one. Um, but it's awesome. We've been playing for five or six years now. Oh, my gosh. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. Same group. Primarily the same group. Same DM. You know, speaking of, of drawing the monsters, it's a good segue. I was going to test and see if your knowledge of the art orders actually comes through in the book. So I was going to read oh. a description. Shelly, you can, there is. There is a test. Shelly, you can participate as well. Brutal. Okay. So if I read a sample description, I want to see if you guys can tell me the monster. Oh, we, oh, we have to I didn't tell you guys the there was going to be. I didn't know. <laughs> They're never going to talk to me. I again. know that this is already a flawed test because the monster descriptions were black slod. That was the monster description. Well, <laughs> here's another one. This monster is a gaunt and skeletal humanoid with withered flesh stretched tight across oh. its bones. Its eyes succumbed to decay long ago, but points of light burn in its empty sockets. Is it, it white? Is, no. no. It is often garbed in the mold and remains of fine clothing and jewelry. Fine clothing and jewelry must be a lich. That is a lich. Dang. Yeah. Zero well, for when you started going undead, I was like, oh gosh. There there are so many that are really similar, and there are a few things that set them apart. So, this oh, is a fun I have a monster manual. Let's look. Hey. Yes. <laughs> okay, he's in the front of the book again. I know. Yeah. And they are off the front of the Oh, alphabet. We can figure this out. There's one, this one's good a little clue, more difficult. Good clue. Okay. Uh, this monster appears as a luminous, wispy form that vaguely recalls its mortal features. Its face is wreathed in a wild tangle of hair, its body clad in wispy rags that flutter and stream around it. Hmm. Uh, not sure. And you know I'm in the front of the book. I know. Uh, does it begin with a... B? It does. Banshee. Banshee is correct. Oh, there you go. oh, good one. Thanks for being me there. That's right. I guess that's a tricky one because the banshees, you think about uh, its voice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Why don't we do one more? Okay. okay. And then I'll, I'll. Oh, this is intense. I know. Yes. I, I really want to do right, though. Let's see. This monster's deformed bodies reflect their vile demeanors. Some have facial features randomly distributed around their misshapen warty heads. Others have limbs of grossly different sizes and shapes or emit terrible howls each time they draw breath through misshapen mouths. The wretched appearance rarely evokes sympathy, however, for this monster brings their doom upon themselves with the evil that rules their hearts and minds. Oh, flesh golem? No. Oh, but you are in the right letter of the alphabet. Oh, I was thinking of the one that eat as they attack the their prey. They like stick their different body parts 
Is it a ghoul like, or a ghast? of all of the different body parts that, of its victim. It I remember like reading that right description. Track. I'm like, shutting this book. Yeah. Put it away. Don't read it before Freezer. you're trying to no. go to bed. But it's just such a pretty book. I don't know. We might have stumped you there. Would it help? Here's the hint. Is it's a uh, kind of a giant. Is it a Fomorian? It is a Fomorian. Oh, oh good one. That's not what I was thinking. Dang. <laughs> so, while, again, on the topic of these monsters, a very, very contentious one. <gasps> owlbear? The owlbear. What are <laughs> what? your thoughts on the owlbear? Why is everybody hating on some owlbear? I love Some the people owlbear. love the owlbear. Some people yeah, hate the owlbear. Just as a other. general love concept of a monster. Oh. They're what adorable. Are, what, 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 do you oh. remember what you how you would describe the owlbear to the artist? Do you have any... <laughs> because I can we, tell you some of the reviews that he got. Picture an owl, not, not picture a bear. Smash yeah. them together. Yeah, actually, the owl bear was something that we went around a lot about. I believe um, it. Before the art bible, there's concepting, and um, and we did a lot of different concepts with the owl bear because in the past, sometimes the head has looked like a um, a hawk. Or right. an eagle, and sometimes it's like, why did it's an owl bear, not a hawk bear? And sometimes they're they've got kind of cute bear bodies, and it it just it's been all over the board. Um, do they have wings? Do they have feathers? Where right. do the feathers stop? So um, so we we did a lot of um, a lot of concepting about what the owlbear should be and and the owlbear in the monster manual is where we ended up um i, I can't help it if people just don't love him i but see some people really do yeah. that's the thing they love him or they hate him. i kind of love him because people are I, so divided about yeah him. i kind of go for the underdog myself yeah. But I think he looks more ferocious. Like I don't want yeah. to encounter an owl bear. But some, I some people said he was a little chubby. He, it's a bear because he just ate a, bear. a party of adventurers. He's bloated. He's got a full belly. Yeah, adventurers are delicious. That is mm. a well-fed owl bear. Yes. Yeah. So because they're super fierce. And I don't know what it is them. about them, but healthy at any size. That's all I'm saying. That's true. <laughs> Love your body, owl bear. Embrace it. Embrace your curves. Um, so, just really quickly before we go, just two fun questions. What would you say is the best monster to draw or describe? Oh. Okay. I was actually talking to another art director, Richard Whittiers, about this today. And um, I was thinking, like, the, the kind of gross, slimy ones, like Kotoa or... <laughs> slots or something like that but he reminded me that the worst monsters are humans oh and that's what i like that was deep <laughs> that is deep because well On who so do you find most often is some some humanoid sort of not my human cat. human but hmm? you say your my cat, cat. you're <laughs> zelda zelda always getting a bad rap yeah so and i i like to draw human Human things All right. more than monstery shaped things. So I'm stealing Richard's answer. Okay. I don't really draw well. I watch Emmy draw a lot. Um, <laughs> she draws so cute. She's so adorable. So cute. Um, but my favorite monster, so we'll just go there, is the Bulet. Because he's so misunderstood. Oh. He's adorable, adorable in fifth edition. Yeah. But is I that what, what you were going for? Adorable. Um, <laughs> no, that wasn't that wasn't part of the um, tone that I asked the artist to come across. But um, 
But there's just something like the the way that that the the jaws work. He almost always looks like he has a smile on. So even though I don't want to meet one, um, yeah, I can see where the cuteness comes in. And they're they're just a, a little bullet shaped sort of thing. Like there's no, yeah, it's a he good would, name. It would make a good plushie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I imagine him like puppy size, like super happy. <sighs> Carrying him around oh. in your little purse. Uh. Rub his belly. Oh, uh. yeah. Dying. My little boulette. Little stubby legs. Oh, see? That so is adorable. You said you yeah. had two questions? Oh, yes. And then oh. just asking what your favorite character class and race would be. Not just maybe just to play. Oh, um, I audible to cleric. I'm usually Are you a dwarf serious? cleric. Yes. Really? Yes. I like willingly you. Yeah. You choose the cleric. That is my jam. Whoa. Yeah. I will totally be in your D and D game. Okay. <laughs> I will warn you though. Um, sometimes I won't heal you if I don't like you or if you're mean to me. <laughs> I am never mean to the cleric for that very reason. <laughs> we'll get along fine. I, I think you just were. <laughs> <laughs> what? When? <laughs> yeah, because they were implying that maybe not everyone likes to. Well, play it's the hard cleric. to find clerics. It always, in, at least in in our games, the last person to join, we're like, you're the cleric. You're yeah. it. Because yeah. at least the people I play with, nobody ever wants that role. It's There's a lot of pressure. I, I played it once, and I sucked. Yeah. It's a lot played, of chores. Heal me. Yeah. I'm dying. But it, you get the power of life and death in your hands. I'm not good I'm in a crisis either. Yeah. And I play with a lot of min-maxi guys who are like, I'm a supercharged ranger, dude. And I'm like, I will heal you. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. See that? Very nice. Yeah, and it's it's uh, like a reflection of me. I tried to play uh, like chaotic good once. Not good at it. Lawful good all the time. Really? Yeah, I like that. Yeah, good. I think we would get along just fine. Hey, high five! Oh, high five! <laughs> Do you um, have a favorite, Kate? I I don't know. I probably I haven't ever. Pl- well, I played for like one session. Um, a bard. I want to be a bard. I bard. want to be really? a bard, long term yes. bard. Yeah. Okay. Did you hear at Gen Con about the all bard party? <laughs> no. Bards are intensely awesome. It seemed like the bards were really representing at Gen Con. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Bards thrown down. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, you have a you have a happy place at Gen Con next year if you choose to <laughs> to go that route. I hope so. And then, so I guess uh, we're gonna probably let you get back to your work now, but. Oh. Ooh. Before we do, if people are interested in submitting their portfolios or looking for a place so a home um, for their artwork, where should they? What should they do? Um, we have a website. If you want to submit um, your portfolio to us, the address is artdrop at wizards dot com, and um, all of the art directors get to see what is um, submitted there. So you can you can uh, put JPEGs on the email. You can make sure that your information is on there so that we can contact you if we need to. Um, you can link us to your website, your DeviantArt, or whatever, whatever the kids are doing now. Um, kids these days. Kids these <laughs> days. So, um, yeah, if you have a place where all your art is and we can see it, it's much better if you... Focus it on fantasy art, something that that you think magic or D and D can really use. Um, that'll get you noticed much faster. But artdropatwizards.com. Awesome. And then, um, if people want to find you out there in the interwebs, social media, if they want to, I've 
Brie, I've seen you I live talking, on the talking Twitter on verse. Twitter. Yes. Talking art. Um, I'm I'm new to the Twitters. But if you have any sort of graphic design questions uh, that Or compliments. Relate, or co- I'll take compliments, too. <laughs> yes. I'm a sucker for those. Um, <laughs> you can find me at Brie B. Heiss. Uh, that's B-R-E-E-B-H-E-I-S-S on the Twitters. Um, and I keep Facebook for me. So... We'll say Twitter for now. We'll find you on Twitter. Yeah, find me on Twitter. Let's be friends. For sure. Well, thank you so much. This was everything I hoped it would be and more. We even got a little Project Runway reference. I know. I can't believe you worked that in. I did. Bravo. I did. On your behalf. Thank you. Never happen again. Uh, (laughs) So, yes, again, thanks again, Bree and Kate. And for everyone else, thanks for listening. As always, you can download the podcast directly from our website, DungeonsAndDragons.com. Just look for the Media Resources section or subscribe directly from iTunes. So until next time, good gaming. Thanks. Yay. Bye. You get to the best. <laughs> you guys are awesome. You could have a weekly show. Okay. <laughs>